Hey, Alex, a lawyer and a financial advisor walk into a bar. And then what happens, Dave? Well, the question becomes, is renting an option that you can do for all your life? Ah, renting, so not buying a house at all because no one can afford a house anymore apparently. Well, is it, is it, and this is probably the open to the interpretation of the discussion that we're going to have. Yeah. You know, you may, and this is where it's interesting, especially when when we look at, um, we've got this huge intergenerational transfer that's occurring. And so some people are saying, you know, and there's a lot of discussion in the media around the bank of mum and dad to help. Yep. Kids, you know, you might have been what was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house is now, you know, one point two million dollar house for yep. someone to break into. Like it's yep. you know, it really is quite a quite a difficult situation. Yep. But I think we need to kind of split part of that discussion. If you look at the European model, yep. it's probably the complete opposite of what it is in Australia. So the majority of people, of people in, yep. in Europe yep. Yep. rent their entire yep. lives. Yep. Like it's never considered to be seen as oh don't you own a property it's like yeah no i just sort of kind of live in the city that i like to live in yes. and but also their rules are very different i mean people might have a 10-year or there might be a 99-year lease on that property right and you roll it forward whereas here right. it's all very oh single no single year then you got to roll it forward and then the landlord's got a lot of options and, yeah and you might so be I think out because they're going to buy they got to sell their, their all that stuff oh, oh, you, you need more. authority to change yeah, yeah, you um, can't remember a nail in the wall. All that sort of stuff. So yeah. I think we need to split between is renting an option for all your life? Well, the answer to that is tick. Yes, it is an option. However, yeah. Yeah. there's got to be the other side of it that says, okay, if I do my numbers, the property that I want to live in and the suburb that I want to live in is going to cost me, and let's just use round numbers, $2 million to buy the house. Yeah. Don't have that capacity in my current work environment, but I can afford to pay, um, I don't know, $5,000 a month to rent that same house and live in it. Like, no problem. Happy to do that. Or it's even less, like, depending on what it is. But what it comes back to is that on the cash flow that you're earning, you've still got to be parking some money to the side as an investment. And so it may mean that you, you may then purchase an apartment somewhere within Australia that puts you into the direct property market but it's not in a property that you would ever live in yourself. You're purchasing it for someone else to live either in regional or or in another, you know, city or town around the country. And so, therefore, you have your exposure to the real estate (coughs) market, pardon me, but not directly yourself. But a lot of it will be, yeah, but I I just don't want to live. So you get all the tax advantages. So it's that rent vest. Yeah, you, know, you, you, yeah, you yeah. rent, but you invest elsewhere, yeah. and yeah, right. that becomes a mindset, yeah. I think, for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that strikes me is that that often, you know, having your own house means you're, you're sort of forced to save, if you like. And so that if you if you didn't, if you just rented, then sure you might park your money in something else, but you might just spend it. And so you know, often although housing, I mean, is, is just as good as any investment, you know, just as good as the share market or anything mm-hmm. else in general. Um, but it's a it's a way of kind of forced saving, it's, and it's a psychological thing more than anything. If you're just renting and then you've got that extra money in your pocket, you, you, you're reasonably likely to spend it. Whereas you've got this debt to pay off, you're reasonably likely to put the money in the debt. You know what I mean? So it's a yeah, but that yeah, it is, and that's why I say it's a mindset. Yeah. And so part of it is these days that if you were going to make that as a, a you know, you can run the numbers on it. I mean, that's a commercial yeah. decision that that you end up doing. Yeah. But if you're looking to then 
make sure that you don't just blow all the money that comes in. I've covered yeah. the rent and the rest is just party money. This yeah. is where it comes back to the discipline of, of sweeping funds out of your bank account across yeah. to an account. So therefore, you've looked at your living expenses. Yeah. And this comes back to potentially getting advice or just doing it directly yourself. For every 100 that comes in the, in there, you know, 30% might go to your rent. Yeah. 20% goes to, you know, your investment account and exit. Yeah. Like you change these percentages and then holidays yeah. and whatever yeah. it is. So you've then said, well, I'm doing that on that basis, but I do yeah. need to be building some investments outside of my, yeah. you know, yeah. rent environment. Yeah. But it also means, oh, beauty, I'm, I don't have to own, so I'll, I'll go and rent a more expensive property than I probably can afford to rent. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's no different than someone saying, well, I'm just going to buy – a more expensive house because, yeah. you know, the interest rates are so much better and, oh, yeah. oh look, I'll, I'll pick up my income. I mean, it, you know, it's horses for courses, but yeah. I, I don't see that as being a negative. If yeah. you've got this the discipline, and this yeah. is what I say, there's a lot of technology out there that enables you to, you know, sweep your bank account as a percentage that comes in. And the reason I talk about percentages is that um, – if you are and your wage goes up, you don't want it to be a straight dollar figure. At least yeah, as a yeah. percentage, yeah. if your wage goes up, well, a greater percentage goes go to your rent and, yeah. you know, your investments or your holiday yeah, or your yeah, fund yeah. money account or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it's automatically broken out. A bit like your automatic, if you're an employee, yeah. a your superannuation is automatically taken from you. Like yeah, you don't even get to see it. It doesn't hit your yeah. bank account and then go to the super fund. Your yeah. employer pays a portion to you and a portion to the super fund. Yeah. Don't it's exactly you. the same concept that yeah. people need to, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. get into that discipline. Yeah. As I said, there's, there's technology around for people to be able to do that. Like yeah. it's not, but it is discipline. There's an element yeah. of discipline, which is oh, the yeah. same as saving money for to buy a house and then getting a loan. Yeah, to purchase. But it's, this is really a discussion around saving rather than a discussion around investment per se. Well, I think it's a bit of both. Mm. And it's as I said, I mean, the European market is very, I mean, mm. people don't even consider in certain places that they yeah. would ever purchase a house. They're like, no, no, we're really like, no one does that. Certain yeah. cities, mm. it is majority owned by, you know, a handful of people. Yeah. I mean, this is generational wealth that flows through. And people go, yeah, but that's just what everyone does. Everyone, does. Yeah. and that and can also then start to evolve. And I do think it's something that will start to be will, will need to be looked at within the country around some of the tax advantages for yeah. people that are renting. Or, or I mean, now we're starting to get properties built that are, you know, they're basically building them to to be rented. Yeah, like they're, they're not a development that is going to be on sold. It is yeah. a uh, development site, maybe an apartment block, and there might be 30 apartments in it. And every one of those is going to be owned. The whole block is owned by a you know business or an individual, and they will continue to rent that property out. It's never going to be sold. Like it's it's mm. sold on that basis. Mm. And so people can then come into those properties on a on a longer term view rather than just a one year contract. Mm. I mean, because a lot of people would be quite comfortable to take a you know five or ten year rental agreement mm. on the basis that they know that they choose not to rent because rent to purchase mm. because they're living in a particular area that they like and that might be because of schools or family or work. Yeah. 
but they would never own in that city or, yeah. or town. Some of my clients are, are, have got children who are now getting to the point where they're um, looking at buying properties and a lot of them have pressured their children to buy a property and some of them are able to assist their, their children, some aren't, or yep. in different ways. Um, but there's often a lot, I think, in, in, the, in the, my kind of client's age bracket, if you like, they're often very keen on, on owning own your own home. And, uh, and on real estate investment, and they're, they're pushing it onto their kids, and their kids often are re- resisting that um, because home ownership is a lot more difficult for them. They're a lot younger; they want to have the more, they want to have a more flexible lifestyle. They don't want to be stuck with a giant mortgage they can barely mm-hmm. afford. And mm-hmm. so there's a bit of tension between between the kind of old-fashioned way of doing things. You're like, I mean, my my mum has an Italian background, and she thought, yeah, everyone needs to be married, and everyone needs a house. If you're married and have a house, you, you're you set. Have a life. Yeah, that's right. And of course, the answer is you got to be married to the right person. Okay. <laughs> and you got it. You well, know, you, you know, yeah, because you know well, that helps your job too, doesn't it, with yeah, your family yeah, law well, business? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, that's right. By the way, we do family law. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I mean, life's a bit more complicated than that. But uh, there is this kind of old-fashioned attitude, particularly in Australia, that you know you got to own your own house, you got to have real estate, otherwise you sort of can't get ahead in life. And what do the Europeans do with it? They, they, you know, don't own. The whole cities of people who don't own the house are they buying shares? What are they doing with? Yeah, them? a lot of them would then, and so they, you know, again, this is where the mix becomes back to, and it's a bit mm. like the attitude that people go, "Oh, but property always goes up." Mm, yeah, mm. not always. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and there are some tax, definitely some tax advantages in in negatively gearing, you know, real yeah. estate. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's always the right decision. Yeah, um, and that's why I say sometimes it can be on the basis, and this is where you you, wrote, you made the point previously about. You know, the kids want to have some experiences. And so their argument is, yeah, but I can still live in the suburb that I want to live in. Yeah. I want to do travel experiences or just life experiences. Yeah. So I don't want to have that piece of real estate that I've got to constantly feel that I've got to be repaying the mortgage. Yeah. I want a bit of flexibility, and I think there will be that adjustment. But it does come back to increasing the amount that you then allocate to alternative investments. Mm. Now, mm. as I said, part of that might be that you purchase another piece of real estate, but it's instead of having to spend $2 million, you might be able to find a piece of real estate that's, you know, say $600,000 and it's an yep. apartment yep. that is in an area and it may not be in the state that you live that is comfortably rented to someone else. You can borrow X amount and so therefore yep. and basically the rent is covering your mortgage expenses, so it's neutrally geared. So you've yeah. borrowed it, you've got some tax advantages, you had to save the money to get you know, part of the deposit, then the property will go up in value, you potentially then will take it, um, you know, go into a second property. And so yeah. you may then say, well, my preference is to have that flexibility. Or someone may say, I'll do more of my investments through the equity market yeah. because I, I don't have to worry about all the added Concerns of the tenant ringing, saying, "Oh, this yeah, is not yeah, working," yeah, and you, you know, liquid, right? So it comes back to a person's individual preference in a lot of areas, mm. but it's definitely a mindset. Mm. And I do think part of it will start. It'd be interesting to see how we go in the next ten years with this intergenerational transfer. You know, will the bank of mum and dad yeah. support people to get into a piece of real estate? And one of the other advantages in holding your principal place of residence in real estate is that it's capital gains free. Yeah, that's huge, really. So that that is, you know, and again, so this is where it, it, there's no 
perfect answer for for anyone on an individual basis but you you are starting to see some family groups i mean we, we see some of them where they're starting to say to their kids we will help you get into a piece of real estate or they may have done that they've worked away they've gone to this next point and then they'll say well we think you're better to upgrade your principal place of residence yeah and by the way we'll give you you know a hundred thousand a million dollars towards that because all of a sudden they do have a substantial asset that is capital gains free that will continue to potentially go up and if it's in a good do you know what i mean so it it really does become um horses for courses around what some people want to do and some people just you know they prefer to have this flexibility of i like to live here and you know i want to then move every 12 or 18 months or two years because it's kind of fun yeah. Nice to go to a different area. Yeah. Nice to explore. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, you just kind of pick it up along the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, my clients, they're, 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 most of their wealth is in you know one or two real estate assets. Yep. Um, and it might be one of the assets is the they're where their business is run from that they've managed to pay off over the years, which might have been not very desirable at the time they bought it, but it's very desirable now. Yes. Um. Uh, and they've you know that, that so they they've seen that success and then they want to push that success on. On other on their, their family, but often that creates it requires a huge sacrifice in lifestyle. For you might be living in some crappy place for many years, correct? And not going on a holiday every year and really grumpy about it, you know. Where whereas if you're renting, you might be able to move to the area you want to live, hang out with your friends, be close to your family, be close to good schools, be close to whatever it is that you want. And there's 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 wealth in all of that, right? That's part absolutely. Of yeah, yeah. And so, so this is an, and it also then comes back to the capacity when you are looking at alternatives, by just renting, okay, there's a monthly cost that goes out. But, again, it comes back to the discipline of having other investments that yeah. complement that. That yeah. then either those, that the investment strategy that you have generates an income that pays your rent. Yeah. So you may have a passive income stream and that basically pays your rent. So, yeah. therefore, your income coming in can be dealt with to be deployed to, to either to establish some further investments yeah. along the way yeah. So all of a sudden, your investment portfolio, whatever that may be, direct real estate or even equities or yeah. a business, you know, that, that can cover part of those expenses, that um, over time it just builds to a point that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't bother me that I don't have real estate, but it's also the capacity to be able to pull small amounts out. So yeah. sometimes you may have an investment in real estate, direct real estate, but you've got no way of pulling a ten grand out from something if you haven't, if it's you know heavily geared. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. As opposed to an equity portfolio, you might have a two hundred thousand dollar equity portfolio, and you've got an emergency that's occurred, and you can pull ten grand out if you need it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I know, and that's one of the another reason that that sometimes property works in that you don't pull that money out when you even when you need it. So you you know you can't sell your front door to to to, uh, because you've got a hospital bill to pay. Correct. Mm. So I think it really does become, I mean, it, it, I think there's definitely going to be more and more discussion about it. One, we've got a, an extreme um, housing shortage. Um, I've definitely heard um, some family groups saying, oh, my God, my children, I can't get them. They're trying to find a place to rent in, you know, closer to the university. I've got three or four kids. I think they're all probably going to go there. You know what? For the cost of me paying their rent or letting them live in college or whatever it is, Yes, there's a net capital outlay, but I can borrow the mm. money and it's costing mm. me less to pay the uh, mortgage if I purchase oh, yeah. a property yeah. that they might then build as part of their, which again is an intergenerational transfer process. Yeah. But yeah. they might say, well, I'll go buy, I mean, we're in Melbourne. So they might say, well, I'll go and buy a house in Carlton. 
that you oh. know is three bedrooms and I get one child. Yeah, but you know what I mean? But for some people, yeah. they go, well, that's if I've sold something else or I've got the capacity because oh, yeah. yeah. of my income, yeah. Yeah. then I'll buy that. One child lives there and then rents the other two rooms out. Yeah. So then all of a sudden the other two rooms are paying for the for the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, happy days. Do you know what? So, so there's a whole range of things and, you know, yeah. is renting an option, you know, for all your life? It, it really, in the end, it comes back to the individual. Like some people like the idea of just renting because they've got some flexibility and they don't have to take on the ownership yeah. of dealing with all the other stuff, whereas yeah. other people, it's never an option for them. They yeah. would prefer to buy in an area that they don't really like living in, but they own they own that yeah. asset. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I look back, I, and I bought a few times, and, and when I look back, and I felt the pressure to buy, so I bought and I thought it was a sensible thing to do. But really, I spent a, quite a few years uh, struggling away with very little cash and, and, you know, really not being able to take advantage of opportunities in my life because I had no money because yep. I had spent all the money I had on, on the house and, you know, I'm, I'm in the suburb I want to be in but I can't afford to go across the street to a restaurant because i got no money. So what's the point of being in the... In the well, that's in delayed the- gratification. <laughs> yeah, well, and look, I'm happy I did now. When I look, But when I look back, I gave up a lot, you know, and you sort of think, well, would I do the same again? And I don't think I would. I think I'd be much more comfortable renting, but you do feel the pressure, you know, to buy. It is hard yeah. because there is. I mean, I, you know, again, you said you've bought a few. We've, I've, we've bought a few houses over the years, and every time right. when you buy it, you think, oh, have I paid too much? <laughs> painful. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then sort of yeah. 10 years later when you go to sell it, you go, yeah. hmm, actually, that was a pretty good deal. Yeah. We, we did really well yeah. out of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a really, really difficult um position i don't think there is any perfect answer it is definitely um i do think going forward the the dialogue and uh, around the bank of mum and dad or the bank of grandma and grandpa yeah is definitely um increasing yeah because it is a very good way to um you know cascade assets down yes. through generations because it yeah. is that there is a lot that can be done i mean you can you can support someone into a piece of real estate the banks love it so therefore from that that then can be used as security for yeah. other investments or the starting of a business or yeah do you know what i mean so it is there's there's no doubt about it that it is a very strong um way to pass wealth down to families yeah. um yeah. but it's not the be all and end all yeah, well, and I mean, I think that the reality is some people, they're not going to be able to do that. And other yep. people, uh, you know, other people, they, they want to have, um, want to buy themselves or, you know, live their own lives. And so it's not always possible. I think where it is possible, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the reality is it's, um, it's sort of needed more and more just because of the way house prices are going. That, you know, regular people on regular incomes just can't buy housing anymore. Well, even now, I mean, we've got interest rates that have gone up, which has now cut people's... Um, mm. Capacity, so, capacity, you know yeah. that that that. But again, we're probably normalising our interest rates back to what they probably should have been, and they were yeah. historically low for. A, so there's a whole range of reasons, and again, um, I, I think sometimes it is also um, readjusting people's expectations <laughs> yeah. of perhaps where they could or should be living once yeah. they move out of home or, or you know work yeah. for yeah. go through uni and study and do this. They're like, well. But why why can't I live in that house that's kind of like mum and dad's? Yeah. You know, what why do I need to buy this old place and spend all my weekends, you know, 
ripping up carpets and painting walls. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I go, well, why can't I just walk into that $2 million house? Well, yeah. maybe you need to buy the $1 million house or the $800,000 house yeah. and spend 200000 on a reno of a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, yeah, and get on the bus and get tra- travel further to work and all that stuff like like people do rather than living in the same suburb perhaps you grew up in. I mean, you're talking Correct. about from Carlton to Moorlbach or from, you know, from from uh, uh, um, South Yarra to... Uh, to to um, well, the country maybe to you know you move into the, yeah. to the regional areas although they're becoming more expensive but only some of them. So but that's you know. an, that's the other thing you look at. I mean, people mm. will say, well, you know, if I can work from home, mm. am I better to say purchase a property that might be an hour or two hours out of Melbourne, as an example, mm. or any any really sort of major city? So I might live out there with the family, but we then have a small apartment in Melbourne that I travel to and spend maybe two nights a week in Melbourne. Yep. So I've catch say I'm catching the train in and I'm coming from Bendigo as an example. Catch the train down, you know, work from home Monday, travel down Tuesday morning, work Tuesday, stay in Melbourne Tuesday night, work Wednesday, stay in Melbourne Wednesday night, work Thursday catch a train home Thursday night. So I'm only in Melbourne two nights a week, but I've worked three days, but I've got the lifestyle. So I think there'll be some movements around that where then people will say, actually, this is not a bad idea. Do I, do I look at doing that for a period of time, mm. which gives you the flexibility to rent, mm. but also to, to assess where you may want to park and purchase? Mm. So instead of you purchasing over the years, oh, we'll go and purchase the holiday house down the coast, they're yep. saying, no, no, I'll make the holiday house my principal place yeah. of residence. Yeah. And then I might buy or, or rent a small apartment back in Melbourne. Yep. Yep. Or well, there's even homestays now where, you know, it's sort of like a hotel where you can, you know, yep. you can in the short term sort of thing, but it's much cheaper than a hotel, but a bit more expensive than a than a, a normal rental, you know. And so there's some something in between if you're in, in town yep. for, you know, a month, a year or six months or whatever it is. Yep. So hmm. I think this whole um mindset around oh you have to own yeah and so therefore renting is an option yeah but i qualify that with but you've got to look outside to develop some yeah. appreciating assets yeah yeah, yeah. i so agree that if you that. if you are just paying money and renting and renting and renting yeah. you've yeah. got to have some backup you've got yeah. to be in a point because that's always the objective is to have basically paid off your house yeah you know, or you've got other investments that service that income stream, you've got to get an income from somewhere. Yes. And so therefore over your lifetime, don't don't overindulge in your renting yes. to, to the detriment of building your external investment mm. portfolio. And whether mm. that be direct real estate, equities, cash, you know, whatever it is, mm. that, that's the determination that you've got to kind of pick up on. Good ones. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add, Alex, before we kind of wind up our final session? No, that was great. Thank you. Renting's an option. Just make sure you save some cash and put it somewhere sensible. All right. Well, as we close out our conversation today, I would like to thank Alex from Taurus Legal Management. He can be contacted via LinkedIn at Alex Martin or via the website tauruslawyers.com.au. Thanks, Dave. And I'd like to thank David Murdoch, the wealth activist from Paxton Bridge. You can contact him at David Murdoch um, on LinkedIn or at www.paxtonbridge.com. Excellent. Thank you, Alex. Enjoy. Good talking. And we'll chat again soon. 
See you next time.